Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Good morning, Amigo. Good morning, Sunshine. Another week as we get started. 16 November 2000 and none of your damn business. You're listening to Good Morning Amigo, Sirius XM 145. <laughs> Megatron is back from the shop, Frank. You gotta be kidding me, really? You know what that means, right? What does that mean? Well, now that Megatron's back from the shop, that means that the show will also inclusively at times just randomly start with a mix or something. You know how things get sometimes around here. Now I know what you mean. Yeah. I've labeled I've labeled it Megatron. I like it. Megatron works. Megatron. I, that's the name of the studio controller in which we mix. DJ Laz uses it sometimes in the podcast that you see are recorded in the studio. Uh, many have used. So every so often it gets serviced. And while it's been serviced, it was put away for a little bit. Now it has been brought back out, which means, uh-oh, at any given time a mix can break out. Sounds like a plan, Stan. You like that, don't you? That reminds me of the old days. Well, the truth is the old days we did it as filler, right? Like it was enough of the nostalgic old days. <sighs> Frank, you go to history 29 years ago today. Makes it in 1991. What happened in 1991? It's the first wide right. Oh, you're right. 29 years ago today. Oh, I didn't realize it was to the day. Dan Maury was his name, I believe. He missed the field goal. That FSU team was bad. But it was we bad. beat them at their crib. Bobby thought it was in. Yeah, Bobby thought it was in. He was shocked. He stopped. It was like, wait, what? He thought he won. He didn't. We did. That was fun. That was fun. You know what that game reminds me of? Oh, God, this is terrible. You see what I tell you about how moments in life remind you of different things? I, that weekend, right before that weekend, I had left my ex-fiance. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even make it up. Wow. Yeah. How long before that? Literally, it was like two days or three days before Ooh. the game. So, you know, you know that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a watch party. <laughs> the party got good. You must have been like, wow, the single life is great. Uh, it was pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it was fun. How you doing? Yeah, that's how I was. <laughs> back with us. Is she back with us tomorrow? Actually, she's not back with us tomorrow. Oh, uh, Hannah. Hannah's got class tomorrow, yeah. That's well, right. Why don't you call me sometime when you've got no class? Wednesday, right? Wednesday. She'll be back Wednesday, Thursday. Then she'll be adding, I think, Mondays to the repertoire. And then, like, it's, it's we're easing her in. She's sprinkling herself in, right. Easing her in. Did you see the Hail Mary, Frank? I'm going to get right to the cut, right to the chase. I know you saw the Hail Mary. Oh, man, the Hail Mary was delicious. Like, how you say delicious, it was delicious. It was scrumptious, bro. It was so good. I mean, think about it, right? So that game is almost in the books. The Bills were looking to go to 7-2. and two. They were 11 seconds away from a victory. <laughs> Kyler Murray rolls left, throws off his back foot. And DeAndre Hopkins comes up, jumps over three guys to catch the ball. 
that was the definition of a Hail Mary because he was running out of bounds. He ran out of room. He literally had no time left to throw the ball out of his hand. Forget the time on the clock. No, he had no time because he was running out of bounds. Oh, it was a Hail Mary, all right. There's no doubt about it. He was so far out of bounds that he ended up watching the replay off of the, off of the Jumbotron. That was weird. He had to watch it the opposite direction. Oh, the opposite direction, right. Pretty good week of football once again. Miami Dolphins taking care of business against the Chargers 29-21 for their, yes, you heard it here, fifth consecutive victory. 9.05. We're going to have a special guest. I'll tell you after I run down the NFL scores. And scores were there. That NFL scoreboard. Filled with games. Tonight, remember the Vikings and the Bears play. Good luck stopping Dalvin Cook there with your one shred Swiss cheese defense, Kelly. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, it's not a good thing for you. I digress. In action around the NFL, Browns moved to 6-3. and three. They beat the Texans 10-7. Baseball games have more scoring than that. That's okay. The Browns are 6-3. and three. Lions on top of the Washington football team. Ruining Alex Smith start first start in I don't know how many years due for 390, but no can do. Lions go to four and five. Skins. Oh, did I say it? You allowed to say that? Why don't they go with that one? That one's tough, huh? That's why I I, I no I did it. I actually took my time to think about if I wanted to say it or not. The Washington football team, 2-7. and seven. I'll keep it copacetic. Jaguars can't get it done again. Packers squeak one out against Jacksonville. 24-20. Packers now 7-2 and two on the season. Rodgers goes 4. 3-25 and two touches. Giants over the Eagles, 27-17. Buccaneers back in, uh, in full swing. They double up the Panthers, 46-23. Brady goes for 341. Three touchdowns. And that one, Ronald Jones with a 98-yard touchdown run. He goes for 192 yards in the game. Nice. Raiders over the Broncos, 37-12. Raiders now 6-3 and three on the season. As you said earlier, the Dolphins, 29. Chargers, 21. Finns also 6-3 and three on the season. Cardinals, Hail Mary, beat the Bills, 32-30. Cardinals, 6-3. Bills now seven and two. Rams also go to six and three. They beat the Seahawks twenty-three to sixteen. Seahawks fall to guess what? Six and three. How many six and three teams are in the NFL? I think it's seven. Gee whiz. Bengals gave it their best rock and roll try. Oh, Cleveland is where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. I tried. It was worth a shot. Almost, almost. I missed by a city in Ohio. It's all good. <laughs> Steelers over the Bengals, 36-10. Roethlisberger, 333 yards and four touchdowns. Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-0. Wonder when they're going to lose. Pats getting retribution over the Ravens. They beat them 23-17. Pats now 4-5. Ravens fall to, you guessed it, 6-3. Ravens and uh, Browns with the same record. Incredible. Those are your scores around the NFL. Steelers are 9-0, huh? Pretty incredible. 
Nuts, nuts, nuts. So, um, over the weekend, we heard some basketball rumors, Frank. Did they, did they tickle your, uh, your ears? Did you like hearing those rumors? I don't did know. it matter to you? I don't this, care this about is where, I'm going with another direction with it. Okay, I want to hear where you're coming from because rumors are rumors to me. Okay, but I'm just saying the news out of the NBA was that was that something that made you happy to hear that perhaps Harden would be a place that the Nets he would end up playing. That part doesn't make me too happy because I guess we're recreating the Thunder team now with Kyrie instead of Westbrook. Right. I don't know how Harden and uh, Durant can coexist now in their career. It happened earlier on because those were up and coming. Uh, young, let's say young guys that were up and coming and their egos weren't necessarily where they are now. I mean, you're talking Durant, you're talking Harden. Harden has to have the ball in his hands 24-7. Did the Lakers upgrade? You saw the deal they did over the weekend. Because they intend to add uh, Oklahoma City's guard. Is he a guard or is he a forward? Well, I think he's a guard. But Dan, they're done with Danny Green, apparently. They don't want that guy back. Well, he's old already. I think he's done. Like so is Dennis it Schrader, Schrader or Schroeder? Dennis, Schroeder. It is Schroeder, right? So Dennis Schroeder looks like he's going to be a Laker. I think they upgraded, especially dropping the Danny Green. They showed that Danny Green was kind of a deadbeat on the, in the finals. Yeah, he's a sporadic player. Like he had, his he had his spurt once upon a time, but he's a sporadic player now. He's, uh, he's already aged. If you can get Schroeder for him, then that's what That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. So you do that, and that's what they did. But my, my point was, did it seem scintillating the news to you? Like, were you excited about? I was excited that he wants out of Houston, but I wasn't necessarily too happy the fact that he's leaning towards the Nets. It did nothing. Especially, I don't want him in the Eastern Conference. It like, did nothing West. for me. It did nothing for me. It did nothing? It I mean, did nothing. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. I just don't want that to happen. No, no, it's, it's not really a rumor. The, the, the Schroeder? It's not a rumor. No, 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 no. I was talking about the Harden thing. Oh, the Harden thing is a rumor. All that stuff's the speculation news now that they love to do in the NBA, which is why I asked. The Schroeder thing didn't do anything for me only because it's just, all right, whatever. The, the, the Lakers made the deal, and the deal happened, and I think they upgraded, but that's that. I don't necessarily pay that much attention to it like that. Just know it's a, it's a deal. Um, the Houston rumor, though, kind of upset me a little more because, again, I just don't – I'm not the Houston rumor, the Harden rumors, because I don't want him to go to the Nets. They already have those two stars. I wouldn't want the third one. Now – I'm feeling they'd be hard to beat if he went. It would be hard right? to beat. Now, you can kind of look at it the other way and say, how could those three coexist? I don't see them coexist. Asked that question Especially before. Especially with those three. And been answered. But, but we've, we've asked that question before and been answered with NBA titles. How? We said that with Golden State. We said it with the Heat. We've said it with other teams. We were, how in the world are they going to have enough time, enough touches for those guys? And those teams end up winning. Like I, That team's too good to not say they're going to win. I think the pieces that Durant played with in Golden State is different than what it would be with Kyrie and with Harden. First of all, now you have a true point guard in, in, um, in New Jersey. Harden is, is used to carrying the ball up the court. So how do you necessarily take that off him? Now he has to play off the ball. So... If Harden can play off the ball the entire time, then it may work. Um, I, Kyrie's not going to necessarily want Harden to dribble the ball up. He's that's that's his job. So that's where that's the first clash I see happening there. Durant can coexist. Durant's a, a seasoned veteran. He's he's done it before. He's been able to adjust to the game before. The Harden and Kyrie ego clash is where I see the biggest problem. Come back from break. 
we'll get the motors revved up. That, that and Dustin Johnson riding through the Masters, that was about the weekend sports, right? Like, we had college. I mean, college football was all right this weekend, right? I mean, it wasn't too bad. But, um, but all in all, the sport, like, I don't, what am I missing? What's missing right now? I don't remember November being this dead in sports. What, what, what am I missing? Why am I off here? Because basketball and hockey are usually on right now. Basketball would be on and hockey would be on. Right. They're not on right now. And they're not on. Like, this is kind of a reminder to that strike season in 2012. Remember, we started basketball around Christmas. I think the first game was on Christmas. This year, they we're going to start it, I believe, on the 22nd was where they agreed, or the 19th, one of those two dates. 22nd, I think it is. So this is kind of a reminder to that. But you can't necessarily blame that because of how late they ended their season. So this is very awkward. This is very unprecedented because everything is kind of uh, um, off schedule. Look at the Masters were just played in November. The Masters are always played in, what, uh, June? Yes, or well, April, that was interesting. They did, they did game day from there. It was very interesting how that worked out this weekend. I thought they did a good job meshing both. The weather played a little bit of a factor to it because the weather's different in April or June, whenever they, it is that they do the Masters, compared to November. Mus- so they had some weather issues. I didn't expect them to finish as early as they did, but they were able to get through it. Will Muschamp gets fired from the Gamecocks. <laughs> Ouch. That's your team. I heard that. Ouch. Were you upset as a South Carolina fan? Um, I wasn't upset. I just realized it was time to make a move. And I'm not really a fan of the program. I just <laughs> I wish them well because my friend works Basketball there. Half. I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, but yeah, that was that. You could see that one coming. They weren't doing well. We come back from break. I'm giving you a hard time, but then again, there's no knowing with you since you jump ship every five minutes. Is that how it's gonna be now? That's how it always is. That's how it's gonna be. Let's get, the, let's get the motors revved up, shall we? The youngins are in. They've had a long weekend. I wonder what they've been up to. We'll talk to them. We'll talk some stuff. Disney conspiracies? 9.05, we'll have Yuli Diaz. Yuli Monster, he's known as. This weekend, he made a name for himself nationally. His video went viral. Why? The fastest knockout in combat sports history. You hear him first. He hasn't done an interview anywhere. First, right here on Slam Radio, he'll be on with us at 9.05. That should be good. Um, He's a badass, and he's like a brother to me. It's always so good to get a chance. I talked to him yesterday, see how he was doing, how he felt. Uh, What a great memory for him. What a great video for him. Um, He's kind of a badass. But anyway, watch the video. You can check it out on, on SportsCenter. It's everywhere. But we'll have him on the show at 9.05 right here on Good Morning Amigo, Sirius XM 145. We'll be back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, putting it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's not. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You like that song, huh? Eh. I like that song. There's nothing wrong with it. Because it's one of your 18, so. One of my 18. I just think it's very hokey. 
Plus, they weren't the originators of the song. Yes, they were, actually. The Houston, Houston stole Oilers. it from them. Look it up. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I've had this argument before. It sounds better Houston Oilers anyways. Does it? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, just because it has a better ring to it. Houston I just think the song's hokey. The, the banjo and all that. Houston Oilers. And don't get me wrong. I didn't like the T-Pain rendition of it either. I thought that was awful. Yeah, that one was terrible. It didn't last long either. I thought it was going to last longer. It didn't last long. I'm glad it didn't last long. Unfortunately, I was a season ticket holder while that song was hot. You were a season ticket holder when that song was hot. Yeah, like when... The silences, because I don't remember that song ever being hot. There was only one season that they played that song. The song came out. They they redid the song. Remember when Stephen Ross first became owner? He wanted to do this whole vibe to it. That's when they created the orange carpet. That's when 18 different celebrities were the minority owners of the, of the Dolphins. Remember J-Lo and Mark Anthony, uh, Serena Williams, Fergie, Dwayne Wade. Like They were all little minority owners, and they had that orange carpet set up because he wanted it to bring a South Beach vibe to Dolphin games. Are you forgetting this? I, don't I would assume that they went 6-10 and 10 this year. That year, I think they went 1-15. Even yeah. worse. I don't know if they uh-huh. went one and fifteen. No, I'm lying. They made the playoffs that year. That's the year that um that uh, I forgot the quarterback that got knocked out. Remember during the Steeler game, and they had to carry him out. Oh, Pat um, White. Was that the guy? I believe so. Him. That was that season, and I believe that was a playoff game. That I, I think it was Matt Moore. Actually, I think is his name. No, no, it was not. It, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't that? It was that oh. There was a scrambling guy that they picked up from Virginia. Yeah, no, I don't remember. I, I think it was Pat White. So, anyways, so yeah, I was a season ticket holder during that year, and then Stephen uh, Stephen Ross wanted to do this whole South Beach vibe and Miami feel to it. That's when the idea of live at the stadium was created, and they would play the T Pain song over the banjo song, and then. Um, I remember midway through the season, they played the banjo, the old version, instead of the T-Pain one, and the stadium absolutely erupted. And I believe that was the last time that they played the T-Pain song at the stadium. They erupted negatively? No, no. They erupted like everyone stood up and just started cheering and started singing along and clapping to the song. And I looked at my boy Victor and I go, I don't think the T-Pain song is ever going to be played here again. And he's like, no, bro, that's crazy. Never played it again. After they got the reaction from the crowd that that song brought, they never went back to the T-Pain song. The T-Pain song was a wash. Never heard again in Dolphins history. Only when it's mocked on radio shows. I like the old version. Have you heard that they're thinking of bringing back the old jerseys? Well, they, they played with them, Don, yesterday. Yeah, but there's a, there's a rumor that that's going to stick forever. Uh, I, mm, I don't know, man. What about all that marketing with that new logo and all that? A lot of people don't want the new logo anymore. Who's a lot of people? Because I haven't Everybody. necessarily heard this uh, this push. Everybody. A lot, of, a lot of people in the organization are pushing, whether it be players or just people around the organization, they're pushing to bring back the throwbacks. They are nicer uniforms, Frank. They are better uniforms, Frank. Much better. They are better uniforms. I've never liked the the new logo. The new the new logo looks like a whale. It doesn't look like a dolphin. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the new logo is about. I don't like the new logo. I never liked it. It looked a little weird to me. But uh, the old logo, the old throwback jerseys, all that makes sense. 
It makes sense. The old logo makes sense. I don't know why they ever changed it. They did it for money purposes. And it, the only thing that benefits Stephen Ross with this is that money-wise, it's going to work out for him because now he gets to create and remarket new jerseys and everyone's going to buy them again. Especially if you go back to the nostalgic old logo. Because there's a lot of people that have bought that old throwback jersey that they wore yesterday. And a lot of people that went to the game were wearing that jersey yesterday because I saw a lot of pictures from the crowds with through Snapchat and through, through Instagram stories and all that stuff. So the people do like that old logo. And a lot of people still wear that old logo around. And the old logo is more recognizable than the new logo considering that the new logo has been around for five years or so. You know what? They can wear whatever they want as long as they keep winning, bro. As long as they keep winning, Dolphin fans are going to keep dancing. Period. They haven't won in a long time. If this, if a Dolphin team wins a championship, I've always said it, the party would be the biggest ever. <laughs> Forget the Heat. Bro, guys, you guys think the Heat uh, parade was legendary? The Dolphin parade would we'll be out of this mind. Tears. We'll go to the street in tears. I'll go on my IG live, right? It's as, well, I'll do, well, I'll be hours long, right? But you know that at the end of that, you got to put a title on it, right? Of course, you always do. You know what my title would be? Okay. Baila conmigo. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, putting it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's not. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back here on Good Morning Amigo. I can't take it anymore, Frank. So I waited to get together with the folks who are experts on this stuff because my mind is boggled. So are you hearing this crap, Frank? I I'm not buying it. Uh, what are you talking about, bro? So there's, did you hear there's conspiracy theories inside of Disney movies? I'm interested to hear about this topic because I've always had, there's always been conspiracy theories, but not so much conspiracy theories, more like hidden adult innuendos within Disney movies. So I'm interested to hear this, uh, this topic. You told me about it on Friday, and it's kind of been, I've been thinking about it all weekend. I'm not very interested in talking about it, but I have no choice. Because it ruins some movies for me. Like, so, for example, you ever saw the movie Up? Uh, I did see Up. Remember Carl Graccio manning up? He's going to lose his house. Oh, yeah. Dies yeah. in his sleep before he can, put, he can be put in a retirement home. The balloons on his house help him ascend into heaven, right? Right. Remember Russell, the wilderness explorer? The little kid, yeah. Guardian angel. Interesting. Needs a badge on helping the elderly by helping Carl to Paradise Falls, or heaven, that is. And that's how Russell earns his wings. So in other words, the theory here is the old man was always dead. And the entire movie is about his ascension into heaven. Kind of like the sixth sense, this guy was dead already. Am I interpreting this correctly, young Padawans? I mean, I would assume it's just a theory. Did, has Disney like come out and said that this is a factual statement? No. Then that would mean it's just a theory. Just a theory, huh? 
Well, I mean, all conspiracy theories are just theories. That's the conspiracy theory. But um, that's an interesting one, man. Like, I think that's really looking deep into the movie up. I never necessarily thought of it that way. I mean, maybe I'm going to watch it again, and maybe the next time I see it, maybe I'll think about it that way, and I'll kind of look at it. It makes sense. I mean, it does make sense, but I've never looked that deep into that. I mean, to, to, for him descending, uh, ascending up to heaven and having a guardian angel and all that, that's a little crazy. It's weird, right? Like, these conspiracy theories are way beyond the innuendos that we used to hear in the 90s with these movies that came out. Like, the top three that I can think of is The Mer Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and The Lion King. I know all three of those had some sort of a, uh, not conspiracy, but, like, like they, it was questionable. Like, it was, it was in the news, and it was, it, was, it was bad vibes for them. Guy's dead the whole time, Frank. That's the whole balloons, the paradise falls, he's going to heaven. That means he was dead. The court order in the movie died in his sleep. That's what some people think. That's what they're saying. And the rest of the movie is his afterlife. Um, did you know that actually a lot of princess stories, like the movies and stuff, are actually based off of books that were written beforehand? So they have really like sad stories like that the actual books are not happy endings yeah the books are based off of the Grimm Brothers stories and the Grimm Brothers stories are very intense they're much different from the Disney stories that are retold now they've even gone into reddit with theories right you want to hear this one Frank too many balloons to blow up in one night yes they did the math since there were too many balloons for Carl to inflate in one night the Carla's dead theory must be true. Come on, man. Reddit is the place to go for those things, though. Like, the, the, the message boards on Reddit are out of hand. They're one of my favorite places to go see random things. My real question is, who really has the time to do that? Apparently, Disney does. Is this the only movie with a conspiracy theory? I or don't others? know. I, this is where I've become a little concerned. I don't think it is. I think there's many, many more. No, there's other movies that have conspiracy theories because I remember like reading. But for Disney some movies, of them. we're talking Disney movies. Yes, Disney movies. Yes, Disney movies. A lot of Disney Most movies. Most every Disney have, movie like, has a conspiracy theory. Yeah, because it's all how like some of them are very like it. A lot of the conspiracies are how the majority of them are interconnected in some sense, or how like this kind of carried through into like another movie, like into another era of some sort. So like that's where that goes into nothing. I'm trying to remember one that was specific, so I'm going to look into that really quickly because I can't remember, like, the details on it. One of the most, like, one of the biggest conspiracies is that all the Pixar movies are connected into one, like, completely warped timeline. It's a strange theory, but, but it is interesting nonetheless. But, so here you go. Aladdin set in a desolate wasteland after a catastrophic nuclear war. Why nuclear war? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. That makes absolutely no sense to me. It's in a desert. It's in Agrabah. That's kind of the culture of that region in the world. This one's going to kill you. In one of the most emotional scenes from the critically acclaimed Toy Story 2 featured Jessie and that tear-jerking montage when she loved me. Remember that? Yeah. We don't learn what happened to Jesse's owner after she abandoned the cowgirl, leading to some theories that the cold-hearted Emily is, in fact, Andy's mom. 
No, there's actually a lot more detail into that because the hat that you see the little girl wearing from whenever she's like left alone is the same hat that Andy has. Yes. Notice that Andy has worn a human-sized version of Jesse's hat since the first movie, which is strange considering Jesse didn't arrive until Toy Story 2. Evidence over the years points to the strange mystery surrounding the real name of Andy's mom. The ages also match up, but we'll have to wait to see whether this one is finally confirmed or debunked. Wasn't there already a Toy Story 4? There's an old article. There, there was a Toy Story 4. They That's the one with the Spoonie. Yeah. Yeah, but that makes no sense because the hat that, that, that Andy wore in the first one was kind of representing towards Woody. So I don't understand why they're saying that that was Jesse's hat. Like, that was Woody. It, it was Jesse's hat. It was red. It wasn't Woody's hat. Anthony, you'd be happy to know that Kachow and the gang, Lightning McQueen, apparently the reason there's a world of cars is because the cars killed the human race. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's a weird one. Great. Yes, strange. And then, of course, the one that never goes away is, and, and I got to tell you, I'm going to say this one, and, and then I'm going to follow it up with something very simple. Here, you ready for this? Peter Pan is the angel of death. Mic drop. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And used to hearing these guys on Slam Radio, BTS, Mic Drop, Slam Radio. Morning, amigo. Serious XM. Catherine thinks she's got this one figured out. And this one sounds logical to me. Very, very logical. Disney heads can chime in. Go ahead, Catherine. Uh, yeah, so we all know how the whole new movie Frozen came out a few years ago, right? Apparently, that was being used as a cover-up for the theory that um, the actual creator of Walt Disney is being um, frozen, right? So you know Correct. how people are frozen to be preserved over the years? So that was a really huge theory, and apparently the movie Frozen was made to cover that up so that whenever you Google Frozen Walt Disney, all you get is the movie and not that other theory. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's the winner. See, that one I had never heard before. That's the winner, and I think that's the winner because all my life we've always heard, oh, Walt Disney is frozen, they're going to bring him back later on. I think it's chronologically frozen or whatever it's called. So we've always kind of heard that. Chronologically frozen. Thank you. So we've always heard that. And all of a sudden, she brings this up, and I'm like, wait a minute. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, they made a movie, and they named it Frozen, so then that way it kind of deflects the traffic another way. Yeah, it makes a little more sense than I care to admit, that more than I'd like to care to admit that it makes. She also brought up another one that Belle never necessarily really fell in love with the Beast. Um, it was more along the lines that she had Stockholm Syndrome, which kind of makes sense also. <laughs> what? Yeah. She had Stockholm Syndrome. Right. This so is why... That's why that she ended up fighting and wanted to stay with the Beast, and because she has Stockholm syndrome, that she never necessarily fell in love with him. The story ended up playing out very well for her because she ended up kissing this Beast, and he turns into this prince, and everybody in, in the entire castle now all of a sudden turns light. But she never necessarily knew that was gonna happen. She had already fallen in love with the Beast, so people are saying it's Stockholm syndrome. Winnie the Pooh is all a dream. Did you hear about that one? I didn't, but I never necessarily care about Winnie the Pooh. Hercules. No, and Winnie. Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Winnie the Pooh is also supposed to be like it's different mental illnesses that um that they that they, they represent different things. So like Igor, like depression and such things like that. Well, Tigger, hyperactive and impulsive, manifesting as a Lovecraftian eldritch abomination. Yeah, they, they went deep with that one. Hercules and Ariel are related. An Ariel, like Little Mermaid Ariel? Yeah. Well, how would they be related if... They, they could be first cousins. How is that possible? So the Hercules TV series revealed that King Triton is the son of Poseidon and the grandson of Neptune. Okay, well, that makes sense. In Greek mythology, Poseidon is a brother of Zeus, making Ariel and Herc first cousins once removed. Yikes. All right, that's, that's, that's going through uh, Greek mythology, but okay, I, get, I, get, I can play with that one. Guess who else is brothers and sisters? Uh, who? Tarzan is Anna and Elsa's brother. I've heard something like that. I have Rapunzel's heard, their cousin. And, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah, Rapunzel's the cousin. This doesn't come from just the mouth of the fans, though. It comes straight from the architect. In a Reddit AMA with Frozen directors Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, the pair asked, were the king and queen planning to go when they lost their lives? Uh, and the answer probably, you know, it was, quote, a wedding. According to Chris, they didn't die on the boat. They got washed up on a shore in a jungle island. The queen gave birth to a baby boy. They build a treehouse, get eaten by a leopard. Sounds familiar? That's because it's the opening for Tarzan. Hmm. Interesting. They're also saying Captain Hook killed Ariel's mom. Whatever. I thought Ursula killed Ariel's mom. No, I'm not getting Woody and Jesse belong to Andy's parents. That seems to be a big play. Hmm. Huge play. I, I would have never thought that there were so many of these. I'm just saying. I've never, I've never necessarily been interested and actually looked towards the Disney ones. I love conspiracy theories. That's why you got my attention, especially once you started mentioning conspiracy theories and you tied it on to Disney. And I was like, all right, I'm all ears. Because I had told you about the Innuendos uh, off-air on Friday, and you were even surprised about those. Um, but there's always been some sort of message within these movies, so it's pretty crazy. Uh, we'll get to more Disney stuff on the other side. Remember, 9.05, we'll get... Yuli Diaz, Yuli Monster, my brother from another. Exactly why this show is 305, man. We get that guy. Nobody else does. He'll come on with us first, 905. And the best part is our students will get to uh, our students will get to ask him questions. If you don't know who Yuli Monster is, the fastest recorded knockout in combat sports history happened over the weekend. It was our boy from Little Havana. Yuli Monster, Yuli Diaz, and we'll have him on the show. It's actually part of Slam Radio's family. You know that very well. He's a good friend of Pitt's. We've, and a good friend we've of had him on the station before. Yes, he's been on several times with us. So he is a, a brother like nobody other. On the other side, we'll keep talking Disney conspiracies and how Yuli, how many different ways Yuli Monster can kick your ass. Next. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I said Mr. Worldwide, put it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's nuts. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You know, that song never worked for me much. Yeah, it's a good song. Okay, no. 
You need to uh, mute your computer again. Appreciate you. Oh, no, it's me. Sorry. Slam Radio Series XM 1045. You know, our boy Justice from Slam Boca was hanging out with Guy Fieri. In fact, all those Slam Boca radio kids were with Guy Fieri. Did you see that? No, I didn't. They're going to be on a Guy Fieri episode. We need to get them on this week. We got to find a way to get those kids on, man. They're superstars. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I thought it was excellent. Thought it was phenomenal, actually. I um notice how I'm skirting the issue of the COVID, right? So I'm trying to get this straight. You gotta help me with this, Frank. All right, go ahead. So a few months ago, Sundays, there was usually no reporting because people were not working or whatever. Sunday was the low report day usually, remember? Right. Now we're getting a hundred and something thousand cases reported on a Sunday. So we have more cases now than we ever did during the entire thing. Does it seem that way? I know that people get mad at me. I just. I think um, I, I think uh, I don't want to be ignorant here, but I'm just like. Well, who the hell is getting sick? I mean, I don't think these are the highest numbers that we've been getting because I think yes, my wife absolutely. told me the other they day said 10, these are record numbers. These are record numbers. Oh, wait, at one point, we were at like 15,000 a day in Florida. No, like, we weren't. Yes, we were. Right, I dare you to look it up. Have Lucas look it up. Lucas has got time on his hands. At one point, we were Lucas at 15,000 in up. Florida. Lucas is looking it up right now. He's going to look at what the numbers are today and, and comparatively to the middle of this nonsense. Th these numbers are higher. Than, you haven't looked at them. That's why I'm, by your answer, you're telling me I know you're not looking at I looked at them. I spent yesterday morning dealing with this. I'll be candid. I, uh, there was a girl's trip planned mm -hmm. that might be sidestepped now, much to my chagrin, because you know what that means, peace and quiet. The girls are out of the house. Go ahead. Well, well, you can either go in there or grab a mic. Either way, you got to get on the air. You're, you've been assigned to this. Remember, you're an on-air personality now, Lucas Bermudez. All right, so July 12th, there was 15,300 cases reported. In, my, in, in, in Florida? In Florida. Yesterday, there was 10,100 cases reported. There were 15,000 cases in one day? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I remember those numbers very What clearly. about the United States numbers? Because I'll give you the Florida numbers. That's fine. I don't remember there being 15,000 case days, but wow, okay. That's a lot of cases. How many people are in Florida? Getting one of five, one of six people in Florida? What the hell is going on? It's the highest in the country right now. What is? Um, the numbers right now. What do you mean by that? Can you further elaborate? I didn't understand what you meant by that. Like, we have the highest surge for the state, like, for the day. Like, right now, our numbers are the highest. We for, is who? For new cases. We is who? Us, Florida. Us is Florida. Florida has more new cases than any other than state any other in the state. union. Right. Hmm. Well, we'll go straight to the health desk with our insider, Lucas Bermudez. Did that sound good? That sounded like professional, right? 
Now let's see what Lucas delivers from the health desk. To the health desk we go, Lucas Bermudez. What's going on with COVID-19? So, it's on, right? It's on. Okay. So yesterday on November 15th, in the United States, it was recorded that we have 135,187 cases. Is that the single greatest day in the history of this COVID mess? Yeah, that's the My point, Frank? I think bigger than you. You thought Florida, I thought country. The country numbers on a Sunday, who the hell ever... I confused you because I used the Florida example on a Sunday. That's why I confused you. That's not fair to you. But, yes, the country numbers are the ones I was more alluding to, which is kind of nuts. So, not one, but two different vaccines are, like, almost there. We see this spike. That we think they're there. No, they're there. They're there. And I hear so many people say they're not going to take the vaccine. Brother, I'm going to take the vaccine. I'm not planning on taking I'm absolutely taking the vaccine. I'm not planning on taking 100%. Without a doubt, I'm taking the vaccine. How about this? How about if I wait a while? Because since they always say that, like, there are certain side effects and stuff, I'll wait till a vast majority of people get it. And then see kind of the word in the street, how people are feeling. And then if I feel up to it, then I'll get it. If not, so- sorry. And yeah, watch the guinea pigs first. Is it like that? It's like that. You're going to call them guinea pigs? I'm, I'm, I don't feel like a guinea pig for this. I think this is being too rushed out. When they were saying that like it takes like 18 months for a true vaccine to be properly uh, created, produced, tested, gone through all the stages... So um, this is something now that's in the work for eight months. So we're cutting 10 months, out, 10 months out of the process. I'm not necessarily sure I trust that. I think it's because people are too used to everything being so instant nowadays. It takes more than just 18 months to like produce a vaccine. Sometimes yeah. depending on the certain like disease, it takes up to like 10 years, depending on making it. It's the fact that this was so intense and that they there's so many people like in the world now not only that but like it's a it's it's a major disease how a lot of people have gotten sick from it so they like they just fast tracked it so that it they paid overtime that's what happened they paid ot people got to work i'm surprised at you frank yeah i don't trust it you're mr technology guy that's fine i am mr technology guy. i'm not mr science guy so since I don't necessarily trust it, I'm not going to be the first one to run over to it. So you As feel of right now, I've been fine. That tells wood. me that you feel then that based on the current circumstances, there's no risk, even if you were to get it. Correct. I feel I a lot of it is fear-driven. I agree with him because you don't know the side effects of the vaccine when it initially comes out. I agree. You wait a little bit, see what the word on the street is, and if it's fine and there's not really any major side effects. You know our media. The first person that drops dead from taking the vaccine, they're going to make a big deal about it. I know. I'm not judging it through the media. I'm not talking media. Did you listen to what I said? I said word of mouth through the streets. So that means, oh, this fulanito took the vaccine. I Cool. How, How did it happen? Like, how did he feel? Oh, bueno, you know, he had a cold for a week, but everything happened. Le dio una sirimba. So, and then I start going through there. You know, I, just, I start doing my own research. Like, I have my own trust because I trust myself with my own body. So it is what it is. Look, listen, I'm the guy that never gets sick. You always applaud me for how many days in a row that I've been here without calling in sick, yada, 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 yada. I'm the guy, though, that the moment that he takes the flu shot, I get really, really sick. Well, the only time I took the flu shot, I got very sick. Very sick. And I stopped taking it. I never took it ever again. 
Because I've never if I never get again. sick, why am I taking the flu shot? Then to get sick, to not get sick, no, it doesn't matter. I do want to learn more about the vaccine because if uh, essentially vaccines, my understanding is they put the damn virus in you so you become immune to it. Is that correct? Like, if that's what's going on here, I'm not so sure I want to put that in my body. That depends. Well, it depends. How are you vaccinated from it if it's not the immunity you gain from well, having it? No, because there's different ways of making vaccines. You can have, like, the dead version of, of the virus, or you can have a lower dose of the virus. So there's different ways of making the vaccine and different ways of, like, your body reacting to it depending on how it's made. That's why. You gung-ho to yes, take the vaccine? Essentially, I'm sorry? Are you gung-ho to take the vaccine? Um, Bet you dad is. Not e- I think dad, yeah, I think dad would. Military, we're used to taking vaccines. We don't care about that stuff. But I'm just saying, I I would, but I think I might just wait a little bit. Because obviously I'm going to get it because my parents are very, like, they're like, oh, once the vaccine comes out, like, we're going to get it. And I I think people shouldn't get the vaccine. I can see your mom imposing that. Yes. Saying facts. Yeah, and I think people should get the vaccine because it is something that is, like, keeping, I get why. I think that it should be a thing that people should be getting, but I do understand the the waiting for a little bit. I get that. Either way. How do I put this, Frank? Whether you take the vaccine and you look at the numbers, I'm not saying the numbers are inflated. I'm just saying that in a realistic world, the numbers shouldn't really be enough of a risk for someone to want to take the vaccine, especially if they're against vaccines. I guess what I'm trying to get at, kid, is what I want. I don't want to wear this mask anymore. I've right. said this a hundred times. I don't want to wear this. So what do we need to do? Well, but they've even said that to even make the with mask the vaccine, the masks aren't going to go away. They've even said with the vaccines, the masks aren't going to go away. Am I going to end up getting in trouble over this? In what way? Well, I obviously respect it in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, we've coordinated and made this area. No kids are allowed in this area. This mm-hmm. area is where I can do this. And then the moment I break the threshold, I have a, a, a mask on. Uh, I talk to the sides. I try not to talk forward. Even still, I maintain not six, but about a 10-foot distance from where I sit to the next available person, just in case. All the precautions necessary here to space us out, right? Mm-hmm. I can respect that here. I can't deal with, I left Publix yesterday. I took my mask off. I'm not sure if I broke the law or not. Where did you take the mask off? Outside of Publix. No, you didn't then bring it off. you're fine if it's outside. The th- that's the first thing I do as soon as I walk out. I'm not even out the door yet. I'm how many people do you off. see out and about wearing it outside? Well, there's a lot I've of even been guilty of doing it. How many people do you see driving around in their cars with it with on? mask on. So, so it, now it's become socially acceptable. It's just become a way of life, and people are just kind of just not worrying about taking it off as much, or the other way around, not worrying about putting it on. I don't know, man. I, I'm used to having, listen, I'm pragmatic, and I believe in things that are real. I like reality, right? Mm-hmm. But I also like hope. I enjoy the notion of praying for something to happen, for willing, to something that, willing for something to happen. Yesterday. Kyler Murray rolls left. We're having dinner. They cut to the game. He starts to roll left. I stop. I turn and I look. And I willed and I prayed to myself because my son's a big fan of the Arizona Cardinals. I said, man, wouldn't this be awesome? Not to mention the fact that we needed the Bills to lose as Dolphin fans. 
probably one of the top five greatest times I've ever had with my son watching sports. I can, yes. Unbelievable can. how we celebrated like that a was... bunch of dorks. And we uh, went nuts, threw each other on the damn couch. You don't under, it was like two absolute dorks in the middle of dinner celebrating that, that, that Hail Mary. You're my boy! But you and know Mom what? And Amanda as, just looks so confused. It was great, right? But, but as he rolls to the left and he throws, something has to happen as he lets that go and you're a fan of that team. The same thing has to happen whether you take a vaccine, whether you don't take a vaccine. For some reason, somehow, in my system, the guy that, no matter how pragmatic I am, I love hope. And during the holiday season, hope is huge. What do we tell kids? What do we tell them? To believe. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Still here, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said, Mr. Worldwide, put it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's nuts. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back here on Good Morning Amigo. How about them apples? So they're telling us, Frank, no, uh, no get-togethers. That's kind of telling us this. CDC, states, etc. So they're taking it to the extreme of saying cancel Thanksgiving. They're, they're, it's, um, yes, I saw something about this in the news today. Yeah, yeah. Masks. Wear masks while you're yes. eating. Yes. Yeah, okay. Keep social distancing. But let's be honest. Yeah. Really gonna do that? Because in Chicago, the mayor yeah. out, flat out came out and said to cancel Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that's great. Traditional Thanksgiving, the whole family getting together and going to big family outings. That I, I appreciate you clearing that up, Nicole. The bottom line is that's a bunch of horse manure, if you ask me. Agreed. Basically. So you can't, with the family you live with, have Thanksgiving. Well, of course you can. Yeah. No, they they said like from what I saw, they said that as long as it's people that you live with, that's fine. But try and avoid being with people that you don't live with, like relatives and stuff like that. But I don't necessarily agree too wholeheartedly with that. My question is, are they going to start driving around and whenever they see a house like more than six cars, are they going to knock on the door and have that party broken up? Yeah, honestly, I don't know how you enforce if that. Trying to, if they're trying to enforce not to have big gatherings, and and if you don't necessarily live with that that family to not get together, then you would have to think that if they have some patrol going around or some sort, and there's a certain amount of cars or a certain amount of noise ordinance, then they can kind of knock and say, like, excuse me, this has to break up according to CDC guidelines, yada, yada, yada. But that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking may happen in Chicago because the mayor already said that you need to cancel Thanksgiving. I haven't heard anything like that come around here. I don't think they'll go to extreme with that, like for us, because they don't even do anything when they see people out in public without a mask. So I don't think we'll be able to do that or like anybody would be able to do that here. True. Agreed. Well, Thanksgiving always brings up something. The one thing Thanksgiving exudes is food. Mm -hmm. 
If nothing else, you eat good food on Thanksgiving, right? And you sleep very well. Well, it depends. But, yeah, you usually sleep very well on the Friday unless you're going to do Black Friday. But there's no Black Friday this year because that got canceled, too. Yeah, everything's canceled. Everything's canceled. Everything's canceled. By the way, we did the virtual walk for Alzheimer's. Shout out to the Alzheimer's Walk Miami group for the job they did putting this together. I honestly, um, we did it. We did an honor. It's just regrettable. I think it's almost like a lost year. Uh, it's not the same emphasis. There's no way it's the same fundraising. There's no way it's the same impact. And, and organizations like this are going to be negatively affected for years to come because of this. It's regrettable. <clears throat> but we did our part, and we were there, and a lot of the students did theirs as well. Very cool. I saw you were featured even on the ALZ Miami site, yeah. our Instagram. Very cool indeed. Um, hanging up my cleats for that. I'll continue to give them support from the station. Um and let the go-getters do what they got to do. We'll just provide any sort of media support that we can offer for years to come. We're excited about that. We'll always keep running their sport, uh, their spots here as well. I don't know, man. I just... Uh, Thanksgiving. You don't touch Thanksgiving, bro. You, I, you can't touch my Thanksgiving, man. Not Absolutely not. You can't touch Thanksgiving, guys. You feel me? But that's not. <clears throat> well, I mean, and I don't feel, I feel like you can't touch Thanksgiving, especially since there was a lot of things going on for Halloween. Like, I felt if there was any holiday that needed to be more of a stop to it was Halloween than Thanksgiving. Because for the most part, you hang with your family on Thanksgiving, whether you live with them or you have, or you don't live with them. Family's family. Halloween, you're hanging around with a whole bunch of strangers. You're hanging around with friends and things like that. So I think there's more danger to that than actually hanging out with family. Don't touch my Thanksgiving, bro. I, I mean, I'm just saying. I, don't touch my Thanksgiving. It's Americana at its finest. And there's so many other things that have been prostituted this year. That can we at least not touch the holidays? Can we at least leave the holidays be? So I'll be very candid. I have absolutely no... I mean, I'm not planning on going to a party of 40 people. But I have no problem having a gathering of 15 people at my house for, for Thanksgiving. Is that a problem? Am I wrong for doing that? No, you're not wrong. I'm going you're to a wrong. gathering myself. I'm driving two and a half, mi uh, two and a half hours... To go to Fort Myers so that I can go hang out and spend Thanksgiving with my dad, with his wife, with their family, with her kids, with my brother, with my sister. You know, I don't, I don't live with any of those people. And I'm going with Addison as well. So I have plans to go to Thanksgiving I, to spend with my family. I can't imagine that I would not do that. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm going to a club. I'm not saying I'm going to a house of 40 people. That I'm not doing. But I got, I got three other cats at my crib. You have your mother-in-law that lives across the street. You have a cousin, and then and then and then maybe. So am I gonna have ten or twelve people in my house? Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the problem? You know, if anybody were to ask me, man, look, bro, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I want to have Thanksgiving. I want to invite some people, but you know, I keep seeing the news and saying, and I and I don't want to be irresponsible, dude. Like, 
you can wear masks. Like, if you want to even be totally responsible, wear masks until you sit down and eat. Like, if it's to that level. But me? I'm just going to do it. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, Sway Calloway, Sway in the morning, world famous wake up show MTV. We worldwide. Welcome to Slam Radio. This is where they get busy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. What a badass. He's such a badass. I swear to you. He's such a badass, man. Our next guest, not just a friend of the program, he's family. He's not a friend of the program. He's not a friend of the station. He's family around here. He's, uh, he's part of our family, and, and we run thick. We love him very, very much. I can't tell you how proud I am of our next guest, but... Uh, he moved mountains this weekend and did something no man had ever done. That's the fastest knockout in combat sports history. That means boxing, MMA, all of them, all of them, all of them in the history of all of them. The fastest one delivered by my boy, Yuli Diaz, otherwise known as Yuli Monster. But boy, he's a monster, all right? Yuli, what's up, Papo? Thank you. Very great morning, my brother. I love you, man. Thank you for having me on. I, I've got so much love for you, kid, and it was great to, when that popped out, I, we, <laughs> man, did we laugh. Oh, God, did we laugh. You're, you're a lunatic, bro, but it, it, how exciting was it? Um, you know, first, I'm going to start by saying, when you guys did the whole stare-down thing, he didn't seem very intimidated. Did you, knew, you knew you had him at the stare-down, didn't you? Uh, man, listen, Larry, I, uh, you, know, you know, I never underestimate anybody. I, uh, I respect every man that steps in, in, in the square circle and the cage with me. Um, we, all, we all put in hard work. We're, we're all, you know, we all train for, for, for that moment, you know. So, you know, what, I, I, I felt the same way. When I got in the space, he did not look intimidated. You know, he was ready, ready to fight the next day. Yuli Diaz joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. Man, you've had a tough road, and I know that some of our students are really impressed with, with not just how, how you've done this, but, but you as a comeback story. And, and these, these kids have been working. I'm going to tell you right up, straight up, Yuli. They've been working their asses off for three-plus years uh, to be better broadcasters, to ask smart questions, uh, to be respectful. And I wanted you to get a little dosage of that because you and I always talk. Uh, that just gets boring. I want someone who more. I want some of our students to ask you some questions. So I'm gonna. I'm going to give them the floor, and I'm gonna have them ask you a few questions. And brother, trust me, they they're gonna ask you some good questions. But I think everyone in this uh, in, in this on this show in this class, incredibly proud of you for the work you did over the weekend. Thank you so much, guys, and I'm and I'm excited to hear these questions. Hey, Yuli, it's Anthony over here. I just wanted to ask you, well, first of all, congratulations on the fastest knockout in combat history. That's just crazy, in my opinion. The fact that you have 11 knockouts in 13 matches is just crazy, but I know that takes a lot of hard work, and I know that you have a very high work ethic, so how do you work that hard to reach that goal of just winning those fights that you do in such a dominating manner? Well, good morning, Anthony, man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think you 
couple knockouts there, but it's all right. Um, uh, man, listen, I, I, I put in the work every day. I started the I started fighting professionally at, at a late age. You know, I, I went pro at 35 when a lot of guys are retiring is when I started my career. So I had to I had to step up to the plate a lot harder than uh, or I feel I feel my in my opinion I had to step up a lot harder and faster than a lot of these these guys have. Um, I have no time to waste. My window of opportunity is really small, so I have to take advantage of every situation. So my my you know I've, I've always been an aggressive fighter, and, uh, and and that's 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 how I train. When I spar, when I train, everything I do, I, I leave it. I leave myself every day. Leave everything I have in the gym, because uh, I know that if you and this is a cliche, but it's 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 the truth. If you train hard, the fight is easy. And that's what I live by. Hi, Yuli. My name is Sabrina. Um, I have a question. So how did you know that boxing was what you wanted to do? And also, did you ever think that you were going to become this successful in it? Um, okay. Hi, Sabrina. Thank you for that question. Um, boxing, I've, I've, I've been into boxing since I was a little kid. I loved it. I did uh, my amateur boxing at, uh, at when I was like 18 and 19 years old. Um, I've always loved the sport, always. I, uh, I, I, for a long time, I, I always would look, I, I, when I got away from the sport for many years, I would look at it and I would see people, and I would, you know, I would look at it, man, I'm missing out on a part of my life, you know. And finally, when I got into it, and I, when I was four years ago, I had the vision of being successful. And I think that if you don't have that vision and you don't have that thought of being successful in, uh, in anything you do, then you're not going to go as far as you can. You're holding yourself back. And it's, it's always hard to see it from the beginning because, you know, it's, it's always, there's a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of training. It's a lot of hard work. But you always have to see success and you always have to see the good in things. So from the beginning, yes, I, I, I would see you know, it, I, I'm not a fortune teller. I never knew that this moment was going to happen, but I, but I would see it, and I would see it, and I would see it, and I would see it. And I think from seeing it so much in my mind and dreaming about it and thinking about it so much, I think I manifested the moment on, on happened on Friday. Hey, Yuli, it's Monique. Um, I have a question for you. I see that you work out a lot and you train really hard. Do you have a mantra or like? A motto you a motto you go by like anything you go by. Monique, uh, yeah, what I do is honestly what I what I go by, and something that, that drives me is very simple. And again, it's another cliche, but people say cliches are around for a reason. People use them, and, and you know, and I use them to to, to motivate me. And it's it, to me, it's one day at a time. You know, I, I I get through I get through I get through my days one day at a time, and I make sure that that day that I'm that. Today, for example, I, I, I use it to my full advantage. I wake up early. I do what I have to do. I already ran two miles this morning. I'm actually getting therapy now to, to heal, heal my body. I, you know, I, I take full advantage of my days. And, uh, and, and again, one day at a time, one day at a time. You, you, always, you, you, have a, you make a nice plan for the future, but you can only get to the future one day at a time. So make sure that you're using your day to its full advantage. Do not slack on anything, give everything you got every day. Hello, my name is Nicole, and I've seen that you've dabbled in a few different forms of fighting, and I was wondering, of uh, pro fighting, I'm sorry, and which 
form has pushed you more out of your comfort zone with it? Hi, Nicole. Thank you. And that's a great question. Um, I think when I did MMA, uh, MMA to me was the toughest thing to do because uh, not only do you have to know many different forms of fighting, which was great. I, I really loved it, and it was very, it was it was an awesome learning experience for me. I loved it, and a huge challenge. Um, but it, it, you have to really, when it comes to MMA, you really have to focus on on everything you do. You have to put it, it takes it it takes your takes the whole day because you go from boxing to kickboxing to wrestling to and uh, to me was uh, you know it was an extremely I don't want to say it was hard because, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it was hard, but it, it, that's a bad choice of words. But it was very, it was very, uh, you know, toll, uh, it took a great toll on my, on my, on my body. You know, it, it was, it was, it was a very hard work, you know, but it was very satisfying once I got the win in MMA. But, uh, um, you know, people ask me, am I going to go back and do MMA? And I tell them, you know, I, I don't think I am. I don't see my, I don't see any future in MMA for me just because it takes a lot out of me. You know, it took a lot out of me. Hi. So you got the fastest knockout, which is like a pretty great achievement. So like, how did you feel in that moment? Like when you realized what you did? You know what? It was, that moment was unbelievable. And still to this moment, three days later, three days later, it's still unbelievable. I get, I get, I get a little emotional when I think about it and when I read articles and stuff about it, because it's, it's, it's still incredible. It's an incredible moment for me. It's an incredible moment for the people who support me. It was an incredible moment for my family. And and those three seconds, they say it was three seconds. To me, I think it was more like 1.5, two seconds. But um, it I, it made a it made a tidal wave around the world. You know, it, um, I was I I manifested and I dreamt about that fight, but I never thought about everything that comes after that, after that. You know, and that's what I'm dealing with now. And it's great and it's a blessing to have and I'm just trying to organize myself for go ahead Anthony it's your turn hey this is Anthony uh, this is a simple question but are you happy with your career and how it you know how it is now Yes, uh, Anthony. Good morning, and yes, I, I am extremely happy with my career. Uh, even before the moment, you know, this moment just put me over the top. But uh, even up to that moment, I was uh, I, I extremely happy with my career. Extremely happy with my life, uh, with everything that's going. You know, I, uh, I I I've led a, a, a somewhat difficult life, and I, I've I've been able to carry myself out of that by just honestly working hard. I have a formula and I said, I, my formula is consistency over time equals success. And I've been, I've been consistent with my work. I've been, I've been working hard. And you know, that moment on Friday has uh, given me a, 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 a sense of a little bit of success, but that doesn't mean I stop now. That means that, that actually means that I have to actually work harder now to keep this going. So yes, I'm very happy with everything that's going on in my career in my life. Hi, Uni. It's Brittany. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you know that you wanted to get into combat fighting? Hi, Brittany. Um, I knew I wanted to get into fighting uh, my whole life. I, as a kid, I, I always liked it. I, um, 
I, you know, I fought a lot. I'm, I, I'm not trying to brag about this, and, and you know, uh, but as a kid, I fought a lot. Uh, fighting got me into a lot of trouble in my life. You know, um, finally, you know, a couple of years back, I, I got to turn turn all that around and use fighting in a positive form and do it in a professional way. And uh, and I always tell people, fighting went from getting me in trouble to to getting me paid. You know, and getting getting me uh, getting me on TV. So, so fighting's always been a part of my life. Ulysses Diaz joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. Yuli, I do have a couple of questions. I know a couple of kids have some follow-up questions for you. I told you they'd have good questions for you. I, I saw Pick yeah, I, 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 I gave you a shout-out on social media. You know he's been a big force behind you and a, uh, not just a supportive friend but a brother to you. Um, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Armando. Yeah, well, you, you know, you know, Larry, me and Pick go go back so far that you know he, he's he is my brother. You know, we grew up together. Uh, I've watched his, uh, you know, uh, his rise from the beginning to the beginning, and uh, and he is he is. I think to me, I have to say, he is the biggest inspiration in my life to continue what I'm doing, to work hard, to to follow. To turn my negative into a positive, he has to have been and is right now as we speak the biggest inspiration in my life. He, um, <clears throat> I, I know the feeling, bro, not for nothing. I know exactly how you feel about Armando because uh, I, I know you do. Uh, you know how I feel about him, and, and the reason I am here and this is what it is, you know, is because of him and, and, and his vision and being able to put me in a spot. And Frank feels the same about him as well. Um, we see that you don't just walk the walk and you don't, you don't just talk the talk, but you walk the walk. You're out in the community, brother, doing a lot of good things. Like you have really, I've noticed over the last year or so, and it's particularly during COVID, whether it's involvement with kids and youth and teaching them right from wrong to food, being in food drives, to rolling up your sleeves, you're always involved in something that's community-based, something that is representative of 305, of being from Miami. Uh, is that because you're thankful or is that just who you are? Um, Larry, you know what? To me, I think it's a little bit of both. I've always, I've always, you know, it's always been in me to help people. I've always never been a bully uh, with all the fighting I've done in my life. I've never bullied anybody. Um, I've always loved to give back and I've always liked to help in any way I can. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, in the last couple of years as my life has changed, and as uh, I like to call it a blessing, as I've been getting blessed with uh, with good things in life, I I I, thought, I felt something in my heart that I had to do something, and the best way that I felt I could do it was just organize homeless out of their own pocket, not for Instagram, not for anything. They were doing it. I joined with them, I did it with them, and then through my following on Instagram, it it. it created this huge buzz where the Miami Dolphins are involved, local restaurants are involved, Channel 7 and Channel 6 got involved with us, Newsmax. It turned into something gigantic, which is great because now there's more eyes seeing the problem on the streets with people, you know, uh, going hungry. And, uh, and it's been, and we've been ever involved. We've been able to involve a lot of people to help us go and feed the community. And that's my way of, of blessing, you know, the blessing my community and just giving a, 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 a uh, paying it forward. It, it warms my heart, man. You know, you can ask me if you ever need any help with any of that, stuff in, the, any of that stuff in the community because 
I try to do a good job, and I think I sometimes I don't want to say it's misguided. I do good work, whether it's for Alzheimer's, Brandon Vergara. I, I, but but to me, my biggest thing is is people eating. Uh, for some reason, that's a big deal to me, and um, just it didn't just warm my heart to see you out there. It's just you. The things that you do, you you almost don't have to do them, and it's incredible to see with, with the goodness of your heart how you do them. And I told the students before we had you on that you were just a big old teddy bear, and uh, <laughs> and and I know that's hard to believe when you knock somebody out in three seconds or like I I said earlier two point six seconds, and Frank corrected me. I was like that was my math to it. I didn't think it got to three seconds, but whatever, it is what it is. I saw his eyes roll back, and we knew it was done. Um, but yet, you know, some of our students, I think they've loved asking you questions. They have a couple of follow-ups. I think Monique's going to start off the, with the follow-ups. Go ahead, Monique. Hey, it's Monique again. Um, I have a question. I see, like, as I said before, I see that you train a lot. About how many hours in a day do you, like, get yourself prepared for a fight? Um, I, I would say b between – so I, I run in the morning for uh, – I run in the morning. That, that that probably takes about an hour. And then, uh, you know, the whole thing about training is just it's not just working out. You gotta you have to get some rest. You have to eat right. You have to stick stick to your diet. Um, you have to get therapy. I'm actually at my therapist right now. So you know, you gotta work on your body. Make sure your body stays healthy. And then I then I go in the afternoon and I train boxing in the afternoon for about an hour and a half to two hours. And uh, you know that that can be hard training. Uh, which is like physical training, and then that's also talking with my coach and game planning and, and strategizing what we're gonna do next for this fight, you know, and uh, and then it's going home and making sure you get the proper and, and all that has to do for me, all that has to do with you gotta make sure you eat right, make sure you rest right, make sure you work out, and make sure you your mind is in the right place, and all that has to do with with uh, with, with, with be getting prepared. Hi, Yuli. Uh, my name's Lucas, and I have a question about, like, during your fights, or rather, during the end of your fights. Because throughout your career, you had 12 wins and one loss, and 11 of those wins were knockouts. Um, I wanted to ask, how does it feel when you knock somebody out? Like, once they hit the ground, or once you see them falling back, like, do you feel good, or does do you kind of feel like, like, what goes through your mind once you see somebody, your opponent, falling down? right after like however long the match was how do you feel um you know you know when 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 i when that happens it's uh at first at, at first it's a sense of you're happy and you're relieved that it's over and that you won um but i immediately uh make sure i immediately like to make sure that my opponent's okay because uh at the end of everything you know this is a sport and uh, I like to be a good sportsman. I've always tried to be a gentleman to people. I never trash talk. Uh, I never, uh, if you know, if you're if you're really hurt, I never celebrate that. Um, I never make fun of any, anybody. So, uh, so at first, when I first, uh, you know, the first feeling I get is happiness that you that I won. I can see that I won. It's a sense of relief that it's over. You know, you you, you kind of get the sense of calm. But then I get the sense that I want to make sure that that my opponent, you know, is is, is going to be okay. Ulysses, my man, I've got to be honest with you. You know, I got the opportunity with my son to see you uh, ringside. That was actually a boxing match, not one of the bare knuckles fights. I know that you've dabbled in three different styles. Uh, I'm no pro, 
although I was raised around the stuff, I still think you have a boxing career um, because you have a devastating punch. But whatever it is that you're doing, you're moving mountains in a positive fashion, uh, not just with the youth here at South Florida, but, uh, but truthfully with people in South Florida. You are recognizable. You're loved. And, and I applaud, applaud you for everything that you're doing. And I, I only wish you the best of success. I, I'm serious. If you've got any initiatives, you just got to come to me. Don't send someone to me. You call me. You personally call me, and I'll go by your side, do whatever. And I'm not good at that stuff. I'm admitting it here on the air. I'm not very good at that stuff. But it warms my heart to see what you do, and I'd be a fool if I wouldn't join you in any of your efforts if you needed me there. So I, I wanted to say that officially here today. And you give me a holler, and I'm there, brother. Larry, you know you're my brother. You're all, whether you're there in person or not, you're always there in spirit with me, brother. You, I know you, you've done since the beginning of my career. You've always shown me love. You are. You, I'm not just saying this. You are my brother. You are my family. You know, Slam and all the kids there mean a lot. Of, mean mean a lot to me, man. It's it's amazing what's happening in that school and what you guys are doing with the, with the youth. Uh, I love you, and anytime you want me on, brother, you, you know I'm there with no problem. 100% love you in return, probably more than you never know, but absolutely we have you on. We love talking combat sports around here. Maybe we have some fun with you and, and throw you on a segment. I don't want to bother you. I know you have a busy workout schedule, and you keep yourself busy as well, but you know this is your other home. Aquí siempre pues. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I know that a little later today uh, you're doing an interview, I guess on local radio, with Jonathan Zaslow. Tell him that Larry the Amigo Milian and all of the students from Slam Radio send their regards to him. For sure. I, yeah, Zanzaro and Amber are awesome. I'll definitely let them know that I was on with Larry, my brother. Yes, 100%. especially Amber. Especially Amber's the, the rock star. But both of them. Yeah. Please send them both our regards uh, to both Jonathan Zaslow and to Amber. I definitely will, brother. Thank uh, you. And you guys have a great day. Thank you to, to every all the kids over there in Slam. Everybody that asked me these amazing questions. You guys are awesome. You guys stay focused. Work hard, stay consistent, and you will be successful in the future. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. Un abrazo. That was Ulysses Diaz. I call him Yuli Mas. I call him my brother is what I call him. That guy is special to me. Um, <laughs> I wonder what, what's... <laughs> Frank, are you wondering the same thing I'm wondering? You're freaking crazy, bro. But is anything wrong? No, no, no. But that's but really I said my regards. Oh, look, listen, 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 listen. That's so. That is so pure. All right, that is so pure. So wholesome. He has no idea what he's doing, right? So this is the most subtle way of saying hi, hi. You basically committed a moral crime. That poor man doesn't know you're. you're oh, no, 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 no. But Yuli's not doing anything wrong. Not. I'm actually sending my regards on behalf of myself in Slam Radio. The same way I extended an olive branch to him during Radio Rolla earlier this year, and he denied it. Oh man, I hope I hope Yuli says what he says in the beginning of the interview and not at the end of the interview, because that'll just rattle him right from the beginning. <laughs> he might not remember to say it. You're a savage. <laughs> so you think Megan made that song about me, don't you? Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.